I'm a stroke survivor and recovering alcoholic. Welcome to Recovery Daily Podcast. Today's topic is depression, the missing link. Yesterday, I wanted, uh, I, I provided a disclaimer here and I wanted to start out that way again today. I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope on topics that relate to my recovery. I only claim to be an expert on navigating life as Rachel Miller by sharing what has worked for me and more importantly, not worked for me. I hope others can grow faster than I did. And I just want to get that out there because um, I don't want it to ever come across like I'm like, okay, I'm telling you guys (laughs) how to live. I just am telling you how what has been happening with me and what works for me. And I'm grateful to have people listening, honestly. So um, I wanted to talk today about what depression feels like as a stroke survivor and what it feels like as a recovering alcoholic and where do they intersect. So I've talked a little bit about feeling like I've been kind of on this uh, verge or this edge of depression and that's very much what gave birth to this podcast. So I'm going to start by talking about stroke recovery and um, why I'm feeling like I'm on the edge of depression and trying to figure out what, where does recovery stop and depression start? Because um, anybody else who may be recovering from a stroke and trying to get used to what other what whatever um, symptoms came out of that and and trying to understand your own challenges that you face now both physically and emotionally um, can feel kind of like depression um at least that's what my experience has been So when you go to the doctor, um, at my doctor, there's a sheet that you always have to fill out that are questions surrounding depression. I think they're just trying to gauge where you're at in your mental health. And I think this is great that they do this. It hasn't always been that way. So there's questions um, on our form like, do you lack energy? You have to rate yourself from one to five, I think. Do you lack interest in things? Um, Are you sleeping a lot? And so you can imagine the last time I went to the doctor and I was telling her um, about what I've been experiencing and trying to... um, really start diving back into my recovery and going to vision therapist and all that stuff. When I filled out this form, I thought, yeah, I lack energy. Yeah, I don't have interest in things. And yeah, I sleep a lot and so on. And so 
my limitations, my physical limitations and my symptoms feel like depression. But because, I mean, I don't have energy because my my brain just gets so tired so fast. Um, when I have somebody come over, my niece came over today. I love you, niece. She came over today and we just sat and talked. And so just, um, you know, I get, I talked about this when my mom and my sister came over. I get so excited that my eyes just start jetting around the room when I'm talking and, um, and I want to show them things. And, and I really, I had to actually sit down and, uh, and take a couple breaths and just tell myself to just calm down. Um, so I guess my visitors should be terribly, uh, flattered that I get so excited that they're here. Um, but afterwards, so after, after they leave, um, I, I go take a nap because it's a lot, it takes a lot of energy for me to have that kind of stimulation. Um, even if I'm controlling my eyes and making sure, or my vision, whatever you want to call it, and making sure that I'm trying to just limit what I'm looking at and not looking here and then looking there. And I tend to look around when I'm talking. And so I'm trying to focus on just looking at somebody's face. But looking at one spot also for too long makes my head tired as well. I don't know if that's from the um, difficulty converging images. But I eventually not after very long, I have to just lose focus altogether and just let my vision relax. So I don't know. I was trying to explain that to the vision therapist. I'm not quite sure um, how to explain it. But it's just like, when I'm staring, it's not like I'm staring at one point, I'm like, losing focus. I'm like, almost I'm seeing double, you know, like I'm not trying to converge images. So um, all of this feels like depression, you know. Um, so I so I wanted to dive a little bit deeper today and think about um, where, like I said, where does recovery stop and depression start? So um, I was thinking about the physical symptoms I feel when I'm depressed. And one of the main feelings that I get is this space right in the center of, I think it, that's your sternum, like right in the middle of your chest, uh, where I think your heart is somewhere around there. Right in that space, I get this really empty, heavy feeling. Um, if I focus too long on it, I can cry like in an instant. It's that powerful to me. It's, it reminds me, I learned recently about dark matter. I mean, we're talking very high overview of dark matter, but the definition of what I was 
listening to about that, it made me, it reminded me of that depression feeling in my, in my chest. It's not in my gut. It's a little higher than that, but it's just this empty yet heavy feeling. Uh, I also feel like my chest kind of curves forwards towards the earth instead of holding myself up and having my chest face the sky like a yoga pose, I feel very much like I'm concaved. And I thought about my face feels very, uh, you know, mopey, like the lower half of my face and the sides of my face, they just pull down towards the earth. And I have this self-deprecating voice that I hear, that self-talk. And it's saying things like, why do you even try? You should go to bed. You don't feel good. You're not happy. You're sad. And so... I go up to bed, and so here's kind of that, where is that line? Because I'll go up to bed to lay down, and I had an episode about sleep is not a luxury, but it looks a lot like depression. I've been sleeping a lot. I sleep at least three hours a day in the afternoon, and... um. When you're in bed that, I mean, when I'm in bed that much, it reminds me of when I was an active alcoholic and I was hiding in my bed. So I don't have that feeling of hiding, like I don't want to face the world, but I have been having that feeling of, I don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like facing the world. I don't, what's, why should I get up? I can't do anything. You know, I can't do anything. I have the feeling, and this is what I felt like, um, when I was drinking as well. But today, this the stroke uh, recovery depression feeling is that I'm trapped inside this body that I can't get out of. I get up in the morning and for a, for a second, I feel normal. And that's because I don't wake up with the hangover feeling now. Um, I haven't, at least, for, for quite a few days. And so when I wake up in the morning, I can't really tell that anything's wrong. And then I remember, oh yeah, I can't do the things I used to be able to do. And I sink. I, my chest, I feel my, that, I feel 
my chest get heavy. And so I tend to want to say no instead of yes. When, you know, my boyfriend says, do you want to go to PetSmart and bring the dogs to grooming? I want to say no. I want to say it's not worth it. The discomfort and the sick feeling, it's not worth it. The dizziness, it's not worth it. I don't want to go. Um, when I say yes, though, I, which I, I've learned that in my sobriety program, I say yes. Now, I say yes if I know it's not seriously, um, you know, not a good day for me to leave the house. But um, if I say yes, typically I'm happy I said yes, and it's rewarding for me. But I want to isolate. Um, I have found recently over the past few days that when my boyfriend gets off work, I, you know, usually I had been going downstairs and like, we're talking and we're laughing and he's making dinner. And the past few days I've been like, I just want to, I just want to stay in my room. And it doesn't have to do with him. It has to do with me. Um, because depression feeds on itself. And, and so I want to isolate. I want to stop taking care of myself. I think, what's the point? When I was supposed to go get my hair done uh, last Friday, I didn't even want to go. Which, getting my hair done is a big deal in Rachel's world. I didn't even want to go. I was like, what's the point? And then a big symptom for me when I know I'm depressed is I stop eating. I don't eat very much. Um, so I have, I think I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes, I have lost, uh, quite a bit of weight and, um, thank goodness that my boyfriend, uh, keeps filling the house with food and cooking and stuff, because if it was left up to me, I probably would be much lighter than I am right now because I just lose my appetite. I lose my appetite and I get really lazy. I don't feel like it's worth it. Now, as an active alcoholic, my depression feel, felt different than this, than this does. It felt unreasonable. It felt insane. It felt like that feeling of being trapped inside my body uh, was strangling. It was smothering to me. There was no, I felt like I wanted to die, yet I felt like I was dying all at the same time. I was. I actually was dying. I was killing myself slowly. Um, but that feeling of not eating or not wanting to eat, the reason why I didn't eat back then was because I didn't think I deserved to eat. 
That sounds really strange to somebody who hasn't felt it before, but I didn't feel like that satisfaction that you get from eating something that tastes good and that feeling of being, um, of your hunger going away. I didn't feel like I deserved to feel that. I was so upset with myself and so sad and frustrated and wanting to beat myself up that the feeling of hunger itself was a punishment. I was physically punishing my body by not putting food in it. And, um, and in, in the sick way that I was, I enjoyed being able to be so skinny that I didn't have to button or unbutton my pants to get them on and off. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about being so underweight was being able to see my heart beating, um, in my chest, like, you know, like there was no fat or anything there. So that was the only thing I didn't like about it, but it was so gratifying for me to not be able to stand up for any length of time, meaning a minute, um, I had to sit down like that, that feeling of being so miserable was the way that I felt like I was supposed to feel. Um, yeah. I was never suicidal per se, but I had thoughts of death being an answer. And I personally don't know the difference. Like, I don't know the difference. I have uh, a loved one in my life that committed suicide. And it's been quite some time now. Um... And I've had another loved one had, that had suicidal thoughts. And I did have one night that I was drinking that I took pills and didn't care what happened. And that seems to me like it's suicidal thoughts, but I don't know. Um, I don't know the difference. I had a thought I think I shared this yesterday. I had a thought on the way home one day that running my car into a tree was the answer. Um, but I don't think I would have done it, you know? So it's really, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not terribly f familiar with all of that 
stuff and and I almost prefer not to talk about it because I don't want to pretend that I know much about that but when I when I would go to therapy back when I was um an active alcoholic I would quit therapy as soon as the therapist would start addressing the real problem or any time the therapist would figure out that there was work I needed to do to help myself, whether that work at the time was addressing my issues with another human being, you know, possibly my husband at the time, or if the work was drinking less or not drinking at all, um, Anytime I was instructed to do some work or and or asked, how much do you drink? I just stopped going to therapy. I thought I was unique. I thought nobody would understand. I never even tried to scratch the surface of telling someone how I really felt because I didn't think anybody would understand what I mean. How is somebody else going to understand? I spent years of my life writing poetry because I thought I was so unique. And I thought that the, the feelings and the words that I created from my feelings were something that nobody else could put together. I mean, that is... So self-absorbed. I mean, that is um, arrogant almost for me to think that I'm that special and different. I wasn't and I'm not. And one of the biggest reasons that I want to talk about what I felt like and what I feel like in this podcast is because I know now that I'm not the only one. I know that there's somebody else listening to this who knows exactly what I'm talking about. So what's the missing link for depression? What was the missing link for me? For me, it was fellowship. I had all but removed myself from society. I stopped talking to other human beings. I didn't ask for help. You know, I didn't even, I didn't have any idea what help I needed. So how could I ask for it? I didn't know who to ask. You know, I thought that I was just destined to be miserable. I was, again, I was a victim of my environment. I didn't know how to understand my own feelings, much less how to explain them to someone else. I knew, mm, so I was thinking, I didn't feel like I was sick. And I'm really pensive about that at the moment. Like, did I really think that I was sick? Now, this is when I was drinking. Did I think that I was sick? I, 
I don't know. I, I don't know that I would have defined it as sick. I think I would have defined it as uh, I was different. I was miserable. And I was ho a hopeless case. So whenever anybody would try to give me any suggestions, and they did here and there, um, of course I wasn't going to listen, but it began this like dance of indecisiveness, trying to figure out, are they, are they right? Are they wrong? Let me drink about it and I'll figure it out while I'm drinking. And then of course it was, it was gone. I probably didn't even remember that I talked to whoever it was, but the gravity of my depression, it imploded any joy that I could have felt. It was like a dark hole when, when anything around me was possibly a, a good thing or, or joyful, um, it would just turn to darkness as soon as I grabbed a hold of it. And so when I finally got to the point where I asked for help, it was not the first time that somebody offered me help. You know, I needed the light. So if you think of, uh, I was just in this dark hole, I needed a light to be put like right under my nose for years before I actually reached for it. For me, the, the answer had to be exposed over and over again before I decided that I, I wanted to live. I mean, it was that bad. At that point, um, I remember looking in the mirror and just being like, and, and I whispered to myself, you're already dead. I was just, uh, I, you know, I didn't want to actively kill myself, but I just was doing it. It, I was drinking myself to death, slowly. And it took years. It took years before I wanted to live. And, and, and it took years after that before I really believed and understood that I'm going to live with joy, even. So I'm not just going to live now. I'm actually going to live with joy. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to actually end up doing what I wanted to do in this life. You know, like it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how my world has turned around. And so I wanted to talk about this topic today because there's so much value in being able to hear another human being explain how they feel 
And you being able to say, I know what that feels like. And that was the missing link for me. I didn't know anybody who felt the same way as me. And the only way I could find them, I wasn't looking for them. So how, you know, when this depression feeds on itself, how do you find fellowship when you're not looking for it? How can you find somebody that's like you if you're not looking for it? And that's why I'm doing this podcast, because I needed to start looking for it. I knew that I was going to go downhill real quick uh, with my mental health. So I'm hoping that by having the courage to say what depression felt like for me, that even just one person can understand that they are not unique. That the missing link is each other. So with that, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you tomorrow.